I just hope that they don't call it the Rodecaster Pro Max because I might get in trouble with Apple there. So we are coming up on the hour, Jim. So I did want to get to one last question. And firstly, thank you so much for your time. And just the fact that it's 10 p.m. here and it's 6 a.m. there and it's kind of like we're in the, we're basically as close to being in the same room as you can be when you're half a world apart. So that's pretty awesome. One thing that you have built into your operation and your content creation is the idea of premium podcasting. And we don't talk about money very much really ever at all on this show, I don't think, unless it comes up naturally in conversation. But I just wanted to know, that might be something that people hear you talk about where they think, oh, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that too. He's talking about the paranormal. I'm talking about football or soccer or tennis or whatever it is you talk about. I'm going to do a premium podcast. What would you say to people when they're thinking, oh, that's going to be my monetization path? Because you talked about it a little bit in passing that it's a tough road to hoe, so to speak. (laughs) So can you just talk us through how you came to doing premium and then what some of the challenges have been along the way? Well, I will say this. I wouldn't tell anybody not to do it, but, no. uh, but you have to do it a certain way. First of all, realize that probably 97% of the people who listen to you will never pay. What you hope is you have 2 3 4%, whatever, who will pay. And you have to provide, I look at it as two different tracks of revenue. Basically, the way that my company exists is I have uh, my free shows that, you know, and at any time on my two main shows, the Paranormal Podcast and Jim Harold's Campfire, there'll be 13 free episodes, always. That's not going to change. So you could listen every week and never have to spend a penny, and that's fine. Those are advertiser-supported shows, and I'm very fortunate because I have the ad sales background for years I had other companies sell ads for me. My wife had been telling me year, for years, Jim, why don't you sell your own ads? This was your profession <laughs> for 15 years. And I said, no, I don't have the connections. And finally, after a lot of, for years, frustrating experiences where I thought, you know, my show's popular. I should be selling more ads in this. And I should be pricing it this way rather than... You know, I felt that these third-party companies were charging too much for my ads because, you know, they had to get their cuts. So that was hurting me in ad sales, too. I said, you know what? After uh, one particularly interesting frustration, I said, I'm going to try myself. And it's the best thing I ever did. For example, my campfire show, it's 90 minutes every week, last year was sold out every episode. So that's like 152 ads or 156 ads, I think. Anyway, three times 52, yeah, 156. (laughs) And I sold all those ads myself. So that's on the free side. So if somebody listens for free, they're doing me a big favor because they increase my listenership numbers and I can charge more for the ads. So God bless my free listeners. I don't get offended. If you say, hey, I just listened to the free stuff, fine, no problem. Now, if somebody says, you know, Jim, I really love what you do. And I want to get access to all those back catalog shows. So, for example, on the Paranormal Podcast, 707 episodes, but, you know, 690, whatever is 94, you can't listen to unless you're a member. Because after 13 weeks, it goes behind the paywall. I want to access those. Sure, join my Plus Club. 
And then same with Jim Harold's Campfire. I don't even remember how many episodes there are now. <laughs> Let's see on that one. 527, that's my most popular show. That's the one people want to get to. I want to listen to the previous 513 shows. How do I do that? Join my Plus Club. Plus, oh, by the way, if you're in my Plus Club, I produce eight different episodes, usually about a half hour apiece, every single month. I've not missed a month since February of 2011 when we first started this or 2010. 2010 or 2011, whenever I started it, I promised every month I would give you eight exclusive pieces of content every month that are not widely available. I've never missed a month. So if you were going to do paid, I would never not discourage you to do it. I would say a couple things. Wait until you have enough free audience till that two or three percent can be meaningful. You know, if you have if you have 50 listeners, is it really going to change your life to go through the bother of doing a plus club and offering all these uh, things if, if uh, you know, three people sign up? You've got to build you got to build the free audience first. Yeah. And then secondly, be be very um, committed to providing what you say you're going to provide, because if you start charging people every month and you don't give them what you promised them. There's a word for that, <laughs> and it's fraud. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so if you're serious, you've built a good catalog of content. You've got big audience. Be ready to do it. When I did it the first, when I started, I did it through like plugins, and this thing would talk to this thing that would talk to this thing, and it was so challenging, and it worked. I gave myself an ulcer. Um <laughs> But I'll tell you, when I first started, it's like the first day I opened it up, I think almost 200 people signed up. I'm like, aha, I have something here. So, and that was key for me to do this full time. I needed to know, kind of the Plus Club kind of carried the revenue water for a long time. Now it's more of a 50-50 split uh, now that my advertising is better. But but the, the, the I guess the point being, absolutely do it. But first, you're going to have to build a free audience because, again, don't think 50% of the people are going to sign up to your plus club because they're probably not. And then the other thing is, is that uh, be uh, uncompromising in delivering what you say you're going to deliver. So nobody can ever say, well, he said he'd give me eight extra episodes, uh, but he gave me one. No, I never want anybody to be able to say that. Yep. And and plus, by the way, it's the right thing to do. You know, you promise somebody something, they pay you for it, you, you got to deliver. The other thing I say is find a good platform. Right now, uh, for the last few years, I've been using Libsyn's um, premium podcasting, uh, my Libsyn service, and it's been great. Are there, I mean, honestly, are there a couple of things here and there I would tweak? Yes. But uh, on the whole, it's just been fantastic. And I would highly recommend that. And I know now these days there's a lot of other solutions out there. I don't have firsthand experience, but I think now doing it is much easier than it was when I started, when it was basically kind of roll your own. So did it, I'll finish up with this one. When you got that first 200 people, this is a two-part question, Jim. Did it all work the way you wanted it to on day one? And how did you feel when you saw that uptake? It worked. I figured out how to do it, and it worked surprisingly well. I mean, you'd have, 
you know, one time PayPal started canceling people's. <laughs> I'll remember I was out of state, not out of state, but out of the city where I live. I was on like a little mini vacation with my family. All of a sudden, PayPal started canceling people's memberships for no reason. Oh, gosh. Uh, and it was like, no. <laughs> so, but on the whole, it. You know, when I want to figure out something, I can figure it out. And uh, it worked surprisingly well. And I always erred, and I still do this to this day, is err in the side of uh, the member. You know, somebody said, you know, I had a yearly membership and it auto-renewed and I really didn't want it to. And and I can't afford this. I'd be like, okay, refund. You know, no questions asked. You know, it's not it's not worth it to me. And also, I don't want you paying for something if you don't want it. And even now, uh, when things happen through Libsyn, somebody said, well, I didn't want to run around and say, please give them a, uh, a refund or whatever. You know, I always err on the, just like I would. I look at it like owning the corner grocery. I'm there to serve my listeners. I mean, as much as I love what I do and I'm very business minded about it, I think it's just good business to do the right thing. And to look out for the customers and make sure that they're getting their value. And if they don't feel they are, address it. And if you can't meet their expectations, give them a refund. Now, you said, how did I feel when I saw that uptake? Exactly what I said before. Yes, I have something here. And that was kind of the first glimmer that, you know, I might be able to do this full time. And that was really what that, that kind of said, yep, yep, this is, uh, this is the thing. Who was the first person you told? Was there anyone that day that you just reached out to and said, you would not believe what's happening here? I told my wife. (laughs) (laughs) She's probably happy about it. (laughs) Ding, 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 ding. And it was an affirmation I was doing something people valued. And again, you got to, I think the other thing that's important to remember when you're podcasting or in any creative endeavor, you know, the vast majority of people are not going to get you. You know, if you look at the population as a whole, there's this thought that everybody has to love you. Well, they don't. But if you can find a loyal contingent, there's a lot of people out there. You know, there's a book out, and I forget what it's called, but the concept is you can make a living if you get a thousand true fans. Yeah. People who really like what you're doing and enjoy what you're doing and you're bringing them value. And I think that's pretty accurate. I think that's by Kevin Kelly. I think that was an article in Wired from memory. Back yeah, in the day. I'm, I'm, I'm fogging on the details. Yeah, but, that's uh, the sort of yeah. weird stuff that's buried in my brain, Jim, for some reason. <laughs> so I'm assuming that you didn't tell your wife when the PayPal cancellations were happening. That part, I'm no, assuming. No, I told her that. She oh, gets to hear everything. <laughs> okay, yeah, very I'm good. very open about that <laughs> stuff. But the, to that point, you know, I couldn't have done this if she wouldn't have had faith in me. And the thing was, that the only thing I might regret about this is the period between 2008 and 2012, before I went that four-year period, I was basically working two full-time jobs. I was working my day job, and I would come home. I would have dinner, do whatever I had to do, cut the grass or whatever, and then I'd immediately start working on the shows. And those four years, my kids were small. Mm-hmm. And I do regret some of those times I was sitting in the other room doing a podcast instead of spending time with my, my kids. But my wife was invaluable in supporting what I did and... Um, yeah, yeah, it wouldn't be possible without her. I think we've all heard today that, Jim, you're a very warm person, a very friendly person, but you're also a very determined fellow. And that's a great takeaway for me, that you really need to work at this if you want it to be something. So, It's like anything else. It's like 
you know, <laughs> one goal in the coming years to get more fit. And I just kind of think, you know, again, nothing's going to happen if you don't put the work in. There is no magic bullet. You just got to put the work in. But boy, I'll tell you, I love living in a time where we as individuals can say, hey, I want to do this. And the tools are there. They're relative. I mean, you can get that uh, Samson Q2U for, I don't know, $60, $70 US and plug it into your computer and away you go. And the thing is, is that, you know, we were talking about the great broadcasters of yesteryear, but none of them had that opportunity that pretty much everybody listening to this has right now. So think about that. We have a great opportunity with podcasting. Hope it stays that way for the individuals. And I'm just so privileged and excited that I've had the opportunity to do this. Uh, It's been a blessing and I'm just thankful I live in a time when, you know, if nobody would give me a mic, I could buy my own and (laughs) found some people who like to listen. It's uh, it's really a a privilege. Yeah, that's powerful, mate. We have the opportunity to choose ourselves. No one has to choose us to be able to broadcast some message to the world. It's pretty sweet. So (laughs) it is. Thank, thanks again for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Thank you, Jim. So we could have went down many other rabbit holes and maybe in the future, Jim might be able to come back if you guys have questions for him or you can just ask him online. And you can find everything, including Jim's shows, over at jimharold.com. So that's H-A-R-O-L-D.com, jimharold.com. And this new show you talked about, Jim, just to finish up, what's that called? Because you sound like you're excited about something. Yes, my daughter actually, who recently graduated from college and has a drama background, uh, started doing a podcast for me. It's called Unpleasant Dreams. It's a departure for me because most of my shows are like talk shows. This show is more of a narrative, almost kind of a wondery style type uh, presentation with music and everything. I do the editing and sound design. Uh, she does the uh, talent side <laughs> of it. And we have a great uh, writer and researcher who does all of that, E.M. Hilker, who is also my assistant uh, up in Canada. And she's a great writer. And we do kind of spooky tales. We've done things like shadow people, black eyed kids. Robert Johnson, the blues artist who supposedly sold his soul to the devil. And uh, it's really a a fun show and uh, usually about 15, 20 minutes a piece, so not too long. And it's called Unpleasant Dreams. And I hope everybody checks that out along with the the other shows. And Josh, just a a big thank you to you. I always love to talk podcasting, especially with someone as thoughtful as yourself. And, And thank you again for the opportunity. Well, thank you, Jim. The show sounds amazing, and it has one of the best names I've heard for a podcast in a very long time. So I'll be checking that one out. <laughs> so Very good. Sweet dreams. <laughs> yeah, thank you, sir. Cheers. 